to the party. Bang, bang. It's Claytron, the big boss man. Uh, you know, you know who I am. The PhD of podcasting, you know. I'm the clumsy jeweler because I'm always dropping gems. And I'm the milkman because I always deliver. Uh, I hope you guys have had a great weekend. Safe, you know. You know, there's probably a few dusty cats out there, but that's all right. You've got you to gotta get loose on the weekend sometime. You know, shake the week off. End of financial year. I know I know it can be busy, so I hope, I hope everybody um, has, uh, you know, had a great weekend, a great week, a great uh, end of financial year, closing some deals and whatnot before, uh, you know, before invoicing out or whatever the fuck you got to do. Um... But yeah, man, Drake's new album, Scorpion, dropped. Uh, you you know that it is well documented that I'm not a Drake fan. So uh, f- for me to be even, even bringing this up without negativity in my voice is probably confusing a lot of you. Yes, it is me, Claytron, the big boss man, the PhD of podcasting on episode 57 of Welcome to the Party. Um, but yes, I, I gave, I gave Scorpion a listen. I went, I went in with a very closed mind. I was like, this is going to be garbage. And, uh, I went to the gym and I was playing that shit and, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I must say, uh, it's a full length album. Okay. So this, this seven song shit is dead. Um, Drake came out with a full uh, length album. Um, I don't know what that means. I, I know Kanye's were um, technically full length, but Drake's Drake's shit was like twenty fucking tracks long. Unsourced how many tracks it was, but I like all of it. There's some bits here and there that I'm not like you know I'm not too keen on, but. Of, like that's just that's just the way it's gonna be. Um, I'm not a Drake fan, but let me tell you this: that album, I enjoyed so much that I'm contemplating listening to Views uh, from the Six or whatever the fuck that shit's called. I still haven't listened to it. Only the singles that came out, but yeah, I haven't listened to that full album, and I'm thinking about it. And uh, you know, I mean, you know what? I probably won't. I probably won't listen to it. But, but just understand that I respect this album out of Drake. Okay. Um, and it hurts me to say that. Um, well documented as being a Drake hater. I've got no difficulty in saying that. But yeah, yeah, man. Oh, I got this coffee. Mm, That's good. Second coffee of the day. Um, there's been, there's been some, some talks. We're, we're keeping a low key. We're keeping a low key today. I'm not going to get, um, the sports theme song playing. Cause I just don't have, I don't really have that much news, but there's been some talks of, uh, LeBron texting, uh, KD Trey five, Kevin Durant saying, come and play in LA with me. Now, I don't know whether that's 
showing the utmost respect or the utmost disrespect. Because here's the two angles I can see it from. One, respectful. Like, hey, look, we can't beat Golden State. No one can beat Golden State with you on that team. You swept me, uh, this generation's GOAT. Come be with me and help me win another championship in LA. Okay? Um, and that kind of makes KD be all the talk. Like, look, we couldn't, like, we couldn't beat Golden State with KD. KD beat us. And now KD moves away to somewhere else and beats Golden State. KD's looking pretty fucking tough at that point, right? But then you've got the disrespectful angle that LeBron's just like, this nigga will just pack up and leave anywhere and like do like as long as he's going to win a championship, you know? So he just thinks that KD will pack his bags to play with LeBron. Like that's where I think it could have been disrespectful. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where it came from. I'm not sure um, whether the text really happened. It's been in a lot of publications. I haven't seen a screenshot or nothing, but there's been a lot of sources. Um, my sources have told me. That's my Chris uh, Brashard uh, impression. It's pretty good. Moneymaker Mitch, get a little uh, Chris Brashard clip in there because uh, the cats need to see how good my impression was. Sources could be a lot of different, you know, different types of people. Yeah, sources so what's that? What, what else? What else is in, in the news, man? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm, what I'm in here talking about today. Uh, I'm a bit shook. I'm a bit shook because... We had a guest, we had a guest in the studio the other day, um, and usually the guest episodes come out on Wednesdays, so I'm thinking like, I'm going to be talking to Dante, we're going to do our normal episode, but then what happened was we, we discussed something on the episode, I won't do any spoilers, but it was kind of, it's kind of like urgent to release this episode, so we're going to, we're going to release this episode, uh, on the weekend, uh, instead of the usual, uh, banter. So it's going to be, it's going to be a few guest episodes in a row, but that's all right. It's keeping it all fresh. Um, bringing new knowledge to the Stewies. You know how you like knowledge. So bringing, we're bringing extra knowledge to the Stewies and, um, yeah, man. Well, shit, we should just get into it because I'm, I'm sort of lost on what I'm talking about. So our guest today uh, is um, a Commonwealth Games 2018 athlete. The Gold Coast Commonwealth Games um, weightlifter in the 75 kilo category, um, Stephanie Davies. Now, this story was so interesting and inspiring because she's only been training for weightlifting for like a year and she's in the Commonwealth Games, see? Now, I, I don't want to say much more information than that, but that's like, that's some pretty impressive shit. So um, stick around, uh, listen to, to me and Stephanie chop it up and um, Money Making Mitch is going to lead you into the interview with a little bit of, uh, a little bit of Drake's new album. Enjoy. Disorder, no address and the crown is broken in pieces, but there's more in my possession. 
There's a whole lot in my possession Who do you really love? Well that's sure to be in question My Mount Rushmore is me with four different expressions Who's giving out this much return on investment? After my run man, how's that even a question? After this summer man, how's that even a... So I was talking to um, Jordan, obviously, um, and he mentioned that you uh, only started weightlifting like a year ago, yeah, or maybe a bit longer than a year ago now, but um, before before going to the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. So how how did you get into weightlifting at first? Um, so I'm, I had a background in CrossFit. Uh, originally, I played rugby for a lot of years, and. Um, always had aspirations to make the Australian team for that yep. um, and decided to do CrossFit to get fitter and stronger in the off-season for rugby uh, and after a couple of off-seasons of CrossFit decided I would give that a crack instead of rugby and um, I was a terrible weightlifter okay. <laughs> so well, I, was, I was strong I was strong uh, and I could clean but I couldn't really jerk that well and I couldn't uh, snatch at all um, like because of technique or, oh yeah I was yeah. just yeah just horrendous so I uh, decided because I wanted to get better I wanted to get to you know the regionals and maybe you know the games for CrossFit um, I thought you know that's my biggest weakness at the moment so I'll engage a coach for weightlifting and um, you know he stripped me back to pretty much barbell empty bar broomstick yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for a little while which was a pretty big blow to the ego but um yeah, we, he pushed me into a comp after, you know, not very long at all. Um, we had tried to tee up for, for probably about eight months, but like I'd just get on with him for a week and then I broke my wrist and so I was off oh, for, right. you know, two months and then I'd just get back on and then I started working overseas. And so we'd been trying for a while, um, but yeah, we didn't actually properly get into training for, oh, for yeah, probably about eight months. And then once we started... Um, yeah, we he we got he pushed me into a comp. I was the only one in my division. There was only like four girls in total, and um, for weightlifting, four for weightlifting. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he just said, "I'll oh, just go have fun." Like he knows I'm really competitive, and just I just like the vibe of a competition. And yep. um, he's like, "Just it's something different." Like yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea about the weigh-in or what the buzzer meant. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I had such a good time, and I was really close to hitting a PR, and I was like. Now, bugger this, I'm coming back next month and I'm doing it again. I'm yeah. getting that number. Yeah. And um, my second comp, which was about a month later, this, these are just local ones. Um, I, yeah, got a letter from AWF saying my lifts could potentially uh, put me in, in contention for the shadow team for the games. So, okay, so what's the shadow team? So the shadow team's like, you know, the top, I don't know how many it is, maybe 15 or 20. So just basically saying that they're watching and right, you know, okay. that, that, you know, that I could be in the realm. So, I mean, I had no idea at all that that was, I just, I just thought I was the heaviest girl on the day because there was four of us. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I had no idea how that compared to right. anyone else. Cause you know, even up to the games, I, I still, I still couldn't tell you what the world records are or anything yeah. like that. You know, I just play my own game. So, right. yeah. Um, and what does the buzzer mean? Oh, so, uh, there's, there's, um, one, well, once you get a successful lift, yeah. they will buzz you to put the barbell down which I've, I've learned the hard way a couple of times where I like slam it up and I think I've hit the lift like in CrossFit oh, land. You right. don't have to wait for that. So I'm like, yeah, boy, and just like slam it down and then the get buzzer. no reps. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. Um, it also, there's a buzzer, you get a one minute. So the second you come onto the, or the second they call that your name, you've got one minute to uh, initiate your lift. Oh, okay. And they'll give you a buzz at half, like 30 seconds left. Right. So, yeah. And what's the strategy? Um, how many lifts do you get? So you get three snatches. Yeah. Uh, if you get a six, 
at least one successful snatch, you can move on to your clean and jerks and you get three attempts at that as well. Okay. So ideally you have six out of six beautiful lifts and you, you know, do really well. Um, and then your highest snatch and your highest clean and jerk get added together to give you a total. Um, and then whoever has the highest total in your body weight wins. And is that a decision, like the weights, is that a decision that you make before you um, rock up on the day? Or? Yes and no. So, you know, there's obviously a limit to what you're physically capable of. So, you know, I'm just pulling a number about number out. So if I'm, if my best clean and jerk is 120, yeah. I'm not going to then go and attempt 130 because the realistic scenario is I'm not going to get that. It's yeah. a wasted lift. Um, and on a, it's like any competition, you know, your there's the variable is the opponents. So they could have a terrible day. It happens all the time. Cause obviously it's really, they're, they're such technical lifts. Yep. Um, and it's really hard to be on point. So, you know, you could have everyone else around you fail and you could still win with that 120. Right. But if you go for the 130 and you've got zero chance of getting it, then, you know, it's just a waste. So, um, you will usually, the way we play out is we usually will have a rough idea of what my warm up will look like. And you nominate, you nominate an, an opening lift when you do your weigh-in because you have a weigh-in an hour before the comp. Mm-hmm. So you nominate a lift there, but you don't have to take that. You can increase it. So usually you play conservative um, and you give a number that you definitely will hit 100, you know, 100 out of 100 times. Yep. And then as you warm up, if you're warming up well, you'll probably add a little bit more. And that's where the tactics of the actual sport okay. comes in a bit as well because you want to try and play the field, psych people out. You don't want, you know, you don't want to play it like to, sh- to show your cards because right. you can push an extra few kilos, but you know, you're not going to push 10 necessarily, but you can definitely push a few. And right. um, so there's a lot of tactics, but the coaches on the day, they generally manage that. Right. So when you see like a world record lift, generally would those guys have done that at training, just not in like a world record environment? Uh, sometimes, but not always. Not always, so, just adrenaline and all that. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, at the end of the day, that we we peak our training. Our training is set for us to be peaking at that time. Yeah. So most of us don't hit heavies very often. Mm-hmm. You're lucky if you hit one every few months, and that's not because you're not like it's just not programmed because there's no point doing it yeah. too far too early because you're usually working on weaknesses you might be trying to tidy up your tech you might be trying to build a specific muscle group of strength or um you know so you've got different phases of your training based around what your competition is so yeah. it's unlikely i mean you usually will hit a heavy week or two out maybe just to sort of test the waters but i would personally would never go for a one rm so close because you want to save it for the day yeah yeah unless you're feeling like epic and life is just so good that day that yeah. you're like i'm hitting that thing yeah, you know right. there's there's no rules but um yeah generally speaking yeah you'd save it so did you did you ever end up doing a crossfit competition um when you'd left rugby and then you broke your wrist and you you went and got the weightlifting coach and he pushed you into weightlifting competitions did you manage to get a co- crossfit competition uh out of the way before the yeah, yeah, I did a few local comps. Yeah. Um, and yeah, funnily enough, I actually had a thing pop up in my face the other day. My first 100 kilo clean, which is a pretty, like it's a pretty solid clean, um, was in a CrossFit comp and it was just after I broke my wrist. So I broke my wrist on a clean because um, oh, I, okay. I, I miscaught it. I didn't, I had terrible tech. So I had my arms in the wrong place and slammed my elbow into my knee as I came down. And oh, wow. the barbell jumped off and, and came back down and, and just fractured it. So um, it was my very first, I was like two weeks back from that. And, um, 
I did a comp and they had a one RM clean in it, <laughs> and um, I managed to pull out a, a twelve and a half kilo PR. It was ugly as, yeah. um, but it was a hundred kilos. And I text I text Max, who was my uh, weight my weightlifting coach, and I was like, okay, I think it's time that I come and see you for realsies now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've done a few CrossFit comps, but like just yeah, just local stuff. Yeah, and yeah. you were you work for a CrossFit gym now. Yeah. So do you? Are you training CrossFit as well as weightlifting? Just weightlifting. Just weightlifting. Yeah. So I, um, you know, there's there's a lot that's awesome about CrossFit and the CrossFit model, but for me and my goals, um, you know, I I I need to get better at doing lifts that last less than a second. Like there's no point in me really building that much of a aerobic base mm-hmm. uh, or doing gymnastics because yes, there's a slight carryover. Obviously just in general, fitness is awesome. And you know, if you're aerobically fit, your recovery is better. So your recovery between lifts is going to be better and your recovery after sessions is going to be better. So I still do a little bit of that, yeah. but um, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of benefit when my focus is so singular um, in saying that though, I don't, you know, I, I do do other things as well. I do a lot of more, more strongman stuff because, um, it sort of ties in a little bit better. So I still do a lot of my training, a lot of my strength training, especially is very different. Like I don't do a lot of weightlifting. I, I do a lot less weightlifting than I do other strength training. Yeah. Um, but I don't do I don't do any CrossFit at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Um, and why, why the transition out of rugby into CrossFit? Was there a, like just a, like a drop off in success or um, loss of love. Oh my god, the love's still there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll never not love that sport. Um, no, it was a couple of factors. So one was, um, you know, I had been trying to make the Australian team. That was my goal, and um, I'd put heaps heart and soul into it. And unfortunately, it was the matter of in Adelaide at the time we didn't have a strong enough competition yeah. in order to. I mean, that's not to say we haven't had amazing rugby players come out, but to be able to sort of be at the level, you need to be playing competitors at the level, you know? Um, So it was sort of like, if I wanted to pursue it, I was most likely going to have to move to Brisbane or to Sydney, um, which I wasn't really prepared to do. And I had been to a couple of, you know, I had been to a few nationals and and stuff with the state team. um, And I was scouted at one point by the sevens coach and um, uh, I didn't end up getting the call up for the camp. And one of the coaches mentioned it was because I didn't have the on-field presence right. necessary, which essentially means I'm too small. Um, and at the time I was devastated because like, I'm a, I'm a person I believe in merit. Like as long as you've got the, the work ethic, the skills, the, you know, if you can do all the things, it doesn't, it shouldn't matter about the things you can't change, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so I was, I was pretty upset at the time that I, that my body size that I can't really manipulate, um, is, was what was going to hold me back. And, um, you know, funnily enough now, you know, I've put on probably 10 kilos of muscle yeah. <laughs> so, and that's, that I probably, now I'm probably too big for them to, for the model for, you know, but that, that really, uh, that really hurt because it was like, you know, I had, I had the numbers as far as tackles. I had the numbers as far as tries and, and, and like line meters. And, you know, I, I definitely in, in hindsight, I probably didn't have the vision, um, necessary. Like there was definitely a lot, a lot better and a lot of talented girls out there, but, um, I wanted it I wanted it real bad and I yeah. was prepared to work and like the way that I've approached the games shows that if I'm prepared to work I will get the job done yeah. you know right. um, obviously you know, as a coach 
selecting a, a nationals tournament they're not going to be able to see into my soul and yeah. get that you know <laughs> but um so that was disappointing so there was that factor and um you know I was my last season I had four concussions in a in like a oh, season wow. um and I felt myself getting dumber right. <laughs> legitimately could feel my vocabulary just slipping out my ears as every hit I got and like two of them were like two games in a row and obviously um, you know, that's just not healthy. And, you know, I'm studying to be a naturopath. I understand the implications long-term of that sort of stuff. And my very last game that I played was a final, a semi-final, and um, I blew out my MCL and, like, 10 minutes into the game. Play, oh, wow. Played the rest of the game, managed to, like, tape it yeah. up and got the game done knowing it would be my last. But that sort of was like, okay, time time to go now. <laughs> Do you feel that at all now? My knee? No, no. not at all. No, I, I am smart rehabber. Like I've had a, enough injuries in my life and I've had amazing physios and, and team. And if they tell me to not do anything I'm, I'm in that same boat at the moment I'm you know I'm, I had a car accident a couple of weeks ago and um even though I feel 100% and I like there's nothing I don't feel like there's anything physically wrong my physio is like okay you're still on 70 to 80 percent next week 80 to 90s and so it's been nearly a month and I'm ready to go yeah <laughs> but if he says so I'll trust him so do you feel anything still from the four concussions so close together uh not necessarily so I definitely feel like I was more intelligent back then yeah. I, 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 I say that like I, I honestly feel like I was just like faster like my wit was faster and I was able to like think of you know fun little things a lot better but at, you know long term maybe not um but I don't know they're the things that all turn up when I'm older really. right yeah because yeah. they're like in the NFL CT is like a huge um thing in like lawsuits and all of that happening yep. now with the the older guys like some some dying and all of that yeah yeah um obviously the helmets weren't as good back then no. and they've changed the rules so you're not allowed to lead with your head and all that but yeah. like it's something that never was really at the forefront of the the media and all that now it's yeah. like very thought about oh absolutely i mean even just like i'm obviously a rugby fan so even the the amount of people who leave the field and don't come back now yeah you know they have the instant test so that's awesome and unfortunately women's rugby um you know, we are lucky if we have someone who's actually qualified to do anything for us right. whatsoever. Yeah. So we're usually strapping ourselves up in the change rooms. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure that feels okay. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it's just, you know, wishing, hoping and praying that we're doing the right thing. So, um, you know, obviously the concussions, my, mine had gotten... The first few I didn't even really register, but it was the last one. Um, it was actually the, one of the first times I'd been in a gym, gym like to do actual weights. Yeah. And I had picked up a, a really light deadlift and my head just felt like I actually thought I was having a stroke. So I, I dropped the weight, collapsed and was like pretty much cry. I was actually crying just in complete agony. And I just remember lying there thinking, wiggle left toe, wiggle right toe. Okay. So yeah. I've got both. I'm okay. But I was there for... 10, 15 minutes and I left and I called my mum and I was like, mum, I'm driving myself to the emergencies to stay on the line. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, pull over and get an ambulance, you idiot. And I was like, oh, look, I'm already halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Which is really stupid, but obviously everything was fine. But, um, you know, it's enough of a wake-up call where I think this is really, really, really amateur sport. It's not my profession. There's mm. doesn't matter that I love it and that I've loved it ever since I was a little girl and it was all I wanted to be as a little girl was to play rugby for Australia um, or to do something for Australia, it turns out now. But, um, yeah, it, it was hard to give up and hard to walk away. Yeah, but, there's yeah. a huge uh, difference between, you know, uh, getting potential CTE over wearing green and gold or yeah. earning $100 million in one year. Oh, like, you know? <laughs> huge, 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 you know, yeah. absolutely. And it's, yeah, it, it's just, for me, it just became not worth it. So, 
Yeah, it's a bit unfortunate. Now, do I hear a little bit of a Kiwi accent? <laughs> That's so funny. I have just come back from New Zealand. I'm uh, yeah, so I'm I'm just I am seeing a Kiwi guy, and I think I'm picking up. His uh, accent. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Because um, I was thinking Adelaide's not the. <laughs> place for rugby like. it's not no i'm not a kiwi i um i grew up in darwin and my dad was the general manager of the rugby up there oh, and my okay. brother played so basically every day after school we'd pick we'd, we'd go to the field right. um and we'd just kick a ball around and like i was playing when i was like six or seven um and i was the only girl in the entire competition um up until i was 12 and then yeah you get forced to quit yeah um, right. not anymore which is awesome yeah. so the girls have obviously got a lot they've come a long long way so no i've been in rugby forever and um, and I think there's just a lot of Kiwis playing rugby, so you can't really, no matter what team you go to, half the team will, at least half the team will be an Islander of some description. Yeah, yeah. So you, you pick up the bros and the chairs. Yeah, yeah. I was, I lived in Townsville for a year and obviously it's like, it's, there's no AFL up there. Yeah. It's just all uh, rugby and I uh, felt so out of place. Yeah. <laughs> it's me down here. Yeah. Um, are you, so when you went to the Commonwealth Games, mm. what First of all, getting selected. Yeah. Was hearing from you the way like your motivation, all that expected or not expected? Ah, uh, for me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For everybody else in Australia, no, not yeah. at all. So, I was seated. I mean, I have that. It was my third competition, like yeah. on a national level, uh, and I'd only done I think three local ones first, and the local ones are nothing compared to a national. So, um, I went to I went to nationals in June, and I. I had cut weight dramatically down two divisions, or two divisions from where I am now, so it was only one at the time. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, my coach and I sat down and we were like, look, I was sort of in between two weight cap weight divisions. We thought, let's just see while I've got no expectations and, like, no one, I don't, I'm not trying to win or anything like that. Let's just see what happens if I weight cut. And um, so I did that horrible cut, hated it. I was miserable and I lost a lot of strength because of it, but it was a great experience um, just to see whether I could do it or not. I always wonder about that. I'm like really into boxing yeah. like as a spectator. Yeah. And I always like find it really interesting when guys win belts in two different weight classes. 100%. And, um, especially going backwards, going down. That, yeah. I feel like that's... Oh, some people it's harder to go up. Some people it's harder to go down. But yeah. 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 Well, that cut sucked. Um, you know, I was I was sitting at about sixty seven, pretty lean because I was still doing a lot of CrossFit at that time. I only I only gave up CrossFit March last year after the Open. Um, so the CrossFit Open, um, and then from March till sort of June, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a weightlifter now and just do till nationals and then see what happens from nationals. So it was three months to lose three kilos, which is not a lot. Yeah. Of like, it's a lot of time for three kilos. It's not a lot of weight to lose, but for me, oh, it was horrendous and. Um, yeah, so we did that. Um, I ended up coming third, which again was really surprising because I I didn't know that my lifts were in that in that realm. Yeah. Um, and becoming third made me on the Australian team for the Oceanic and uh, Pan Cup Pan Cups, I think, um, as a sixty three kilo lifter. And basically, um, so in started last year, I my husband and I separated. And part of it was, a very good part of it was because um, I had received a letter about the games and it sort of prompted all these questions about like, what do you want with your life and where are you going and um, like, what are your goals? Because my goal is to, you know, to do this, like, yeah. I've got this chance and, um, and his was not to 
you know, do that, obviously. <laughs> so yeah. his, uh, he wanted to, like, travel overseas. And, and I'm like, cool, well, you know, we can travel if I can train every single day, twice yeah. a day. Yeah. <laughs> so not a lot of travel time. But um, <laughs> so it just sort of, we, we sort of walked away very amicably and, and um, in order to follow our, our goals. So basically the, the June cut um, was like I had this, like, laser focus because I was putting all of my emotions and energy into that. And then when I... Uh, finished competing I just rebounded weight so hard because I went on this giant like binge eating right. holiday of, of Tasmania for a week and a half and it was like and they've got food oh man they? it's amazing <laughs> it's so good um so I came back and like I was heavier and um and I just sort of said I don't think I can do that cut again because I I was on like a thousand cows for three weeks and that's starvation rates on in any given day let alone when you're trying to train and hold a job and and still do uni and a thousand cows per day mm. so what is that that's as in food wise yeah. not a lot of anything so it was like a third of a cup of oats in the morning on water um uh like a couple of rice cakes um a, you know a little bit like i'd have my protein so that was my main thing that i would have and then it would just be like cucumbers like I would choose a cucumber over a carrot because there's like six grams, six, ca- like I went, I went pretty much at, you know, at uni, we, we do a lot of the food disorders and I was properly anorexic. I ticked every box yeah. for food disorder, uh, given mine was for a goal, yeah. um, you know, and, and I knew that that was the thing, but I ticked every box. It was, it was really tough on everyone around me. I, I was a horrible person. They had to build me like solitude fortresses out, yeah. of, out of the jerk blocks at the gym. And, and is it a lot of does your training like stay very weight focused focus sorry or do you do you go to cardio a lot more at that stage um at that stage i was i was still doing a fair like a fair bit of aerobic because i was used to it from crossfit yeah so um i was probably i was like rowing rowing about 5k every morning fasted before i'd go to do whatever i was doing and then still try to get two sessions in i was so i was young and naive and i say young i'm only a year older now yeah <laughs> it feels like a really long time ago so I was young and naive. I did everything wrong. Like I did, I followed, I followed like advice that didn't work for me and my body as far as the food went. Like there is no athlete who should be eating that amount of food. There's no one actually, there's no one who should be eating a thousand calories. Yeah, you would have been exhausted. All the time. And I was horrendous. I was such a horrible person. Um, and I was overtraining and under eating and I mean, overtraining in general, like I've learned such a lesson about overtraining and that the less is more concept is actually a real thing. And it's really hard for me mentally because I always feel like I should be doing more and I want to do like, you have that thing in your head where like, if you're not crazy frenetically busy and chasing that goal, like every single minute of every single day, then you're failing. That's sort of how I was approaching everything. And now these days it's kind of the opposite. It's like go in, crush that one session at the moment i'm only doing one session a day most days i do i do two days with two it's like go in crush that session put everything i've got into it pack up go home chill yeah eat food like yeah you know it's got to be balanced oh 100 percent. and it took time to learn that so um yeah so essentially i had nationals um i went from there and I um, called my coach not long after and I said, look, I don't think I can cut back down to 60. I'm not willing to put my body back through what I did knowing that the long-term health effects of messing up my hormones and I'm not prepared to do that again. Yeah. And um, so we called the Australian coach and said, look, not going to make it. What are our options? He said, okay, if you can get on a plane on Monday, this was a, this was a Sunday. <laughs> if you can get on a plane tomorrow to New Cal- uh, not tomorrow, sorry. If you can get on a plane to be in New Caledonia on Friday, 
you can compete as a 69 kilo and that will allow you to stay in the running to tick all the boxes that you need to tick to make the games because there's a checklist of things. All right. So I had five days to get the funds together, get a passport, get myself to New Caledonia and um, and compete. Wow. So, so I went there and I won. Again, there wasn't a whole lot of competition because it's an unfunded sport and it's, you know, it's expensive to travel. So it wasn't a heap of comp- competition, but took the gold there came home a month later that that one had entered me into um the com champs and i came fifth at that and again i was a i was a wild card entry so i wasn't even allowed to compete as an like as australian athlete they because i changed weight categories they took my australian representation off oh wow i was a guest and um as a guest you can't compete in the a session you have to compete in the b session so it runs that obviously you put all the top lifters in one so that it's a little bit more right engaging for the audience and obviously they don't have to start really light and end up really heavy so they put me in the b session and i won that like like finished first of the b session yep. and ended up being fifth overall okay um and i think that's sort of when people f- like are in the community sort of start like uh, the australian coach said that was the first time he'd heard my name and he still was like who is this girl i have no idea who she is yeah and it got to trials in december and um I had decided to move up another weight category. That time I was given the choice of where I would perform the best. And again, as a as a discussion with the coach, we sat down and said, okay, for my mental state, I like to eat. I like to be, like I'm I'm a, starting to be a naturopath. We have a lot of nutrition stuff. I like to eat. Um, yeah. And um, and also we, we sort of gauged the competition and figured that would probably be my best chance of getting into the games as well, just based on the other girls and, you know, their their current lifts and where they're at with their body weights and things like that so a bit of gaming as well and yeah so we went down for a crack at 75 and yeah and that's where you end up for the games yeah yeah um and so i was when i was talking to jordan he he said that he was extremely proud of you but you you weren't (laughs) so proud of yourself oh from the games yeah yeah so funny it's like yeah it's one of those really interesting things that's so cute that he said that (laughs) i know i gave him a few more grays i know i gave a lot of people a few more grays well he's got nothing up there anymore Uh, that's because of me when i met him he had a full luscious throat no no no, he's (laughs) i definitely i definitely would have accounted for some so um yeah at the games i had on the platform the most enjoyable time i've ever had in my life like from the second i woke up that morning like i'd been watching everyone all the other team every day go through and i was towards the end of the um program and i was so ready to compete i was so excited training had been going really well and i just it was just such a great like vibe so i was keen as to get going and um yeah everything went really well out the back my warm-up was epic i just had so much fun and um you know the lifting didn't go to plan i missed uh, my first two snatches, uh, hit my third one, and then I so I hit eighty seven for my snatch was what my opener would have been, and so I hadn't missed eighty seven in training for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Like yeah. that's a very safe number for me. Right. So missing it twice, I at the time I kind of thought like this is a little bit hilarious. Like, come on, like this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um. So like I wasn't getting frustrated or anything. It was just like. Oh, so close. The, the the lifts, when I watch them back, there's not a lot in them. Uh, so I hit 87, which was not enough to keep me in the top few. So obviously it's a, because it's the total. It's a one snatch, one clean and jerk. Mm-hmm. It means I needed to hit a really heavy clean and jerk. Um, 
So I hit 110 because that was a super safe number and we just wanted to calm the nerves a little bit. Not that I felt nervous. I think my coaches were probably more nervous than I was, um, especially because the coaches at the games, we'd only really lifted together two weeks and one, oh, okay. one week in January and the week before the games. They, they're all people from around the, the country. You don't yeah. take your personal coach. Oh, wow. Um, and so then we, we basically, they came up to me and they said, so if you want to get third, we're going to have to take a big jump. What do you think you can do? And I was like, look, I'm pretty comfortable. I've got 18 in me. I, I said, I've got 16 in me. And they said, okay, what about 17? I was like, cool, let's do it. And then they came up to me as I was walking out there, like we had to make it 18 just based on what the other girls were doing. Oh, okay. So it doesn't sound like a lot, the difference between 16 and 18, but it, in lifting, it is a big difference. And um, so I went for the first one. It just spat me out. I was nowhere near it. The last lift, I managed to get under it and I almost got the jerk, but just couldn't quite punch it up enough. And, um, so I ended up with a total that placed me fifth, which, you know, on paper, when I look at, when I look at what I've done and where I came from, it's really, really good. Yeah. And intellectually, I know that that's really, really good, but I came for third. I, um, first and second were well out. They've always been out of the, um, equation as far as I physically can't lift that much into that amount of time. I can't have like a 30 kilo PR, yeah. you know, um, so, but I can't get what I aimed for and I could have got third and I should have got third. Um, and so when I came home and all the dust had settled and I thought about it a lot more, I had a really, really, really tough time. Um, and it, you know, it wasn't just about the actual result on the day. Um, a lot of it's just like the, that's the end of that. What do I do now? Like I'm nearly 30 and I'm broke and I, I quit my job yeah. and I, you know, obviously split up from my ex-husband and like, I've done all of these things for that and it's done now. Like, what do I do? And it was really, really tough. Um, and so, yeah, but now that again, a little bit more time has passed, I'm, I'm able to look back. I, I refused even, even when I was having those really tough times, I refused to let it dampen how good a day I had. It right. was still the most fun I've ever had. Um, and even when I had a soup, like, uh, yeah, it was hard when people would come up to me and congratulate me. Cause I would feel like almost like they were patronizing me, even yeah. though they genuinely were being lovely. And then, and then I was like in my head, like this person's being really nice to you, You're like just your... be nice back. <laughs> and in my head, I'd be like, thanks, yeah. thanks. And then I'd walk away and I'd be like, God damn it. Like, like, don't make me feel like you think that what I did was good. Cause I don't feel like what I did was yeah. good, you know? Yeah. Um, but I've come around and I do, I do think what I did was awesome. So it's, um, it's definitely not, I'm definitely not satisfied that that's the end though. <laughs> right. So, um, when's the next Olympics? 2020 yeah. you, is that the next goal yeah 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 um and what's the what's the pathway from here uh it's a little bit ambiguous still because we're actually in the middle of changing weight divisions globally so oh. they've been set for 20 or 30 years or something and every so often they change the, the weight divisions and so there should be an announcement in the next month or two as to what the weight divisions are going to be okay and then from there whether the uh, International Olympic Committee are going to keep the old weights or the new weights, whether AWF is going to keep old weights, new weights. So we don't really know how that's all going to play out. So there is still a qualification period. You still have to hit a certain total. You have to be ranked a certain number in, a, in the world. And I think it's I think it's like top 14 in the world or top first, like top number one in Oceanic. And we're quite fortunate. Um, Australia is quite fortunate. So we're not a particularly strong country when it comes to weightlifting, which is why we don't really get... Last Olympics, we had two lifters, one girl and one guy, mm -hmm. that's all. Um, and 
this year or this coming Olympics, they've uh, the IOC is putting a sanction on countries that have had doping uh, breaches. Right. And so rather than letting them say if they've got five lifters and three of them are in the top twenty, instead of having all three come through, um, they're only allowing one lifter per country. Right. So, so basically, like, like we had. Who are we looking at? Like Russia, China. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but I would imagine, I'm imagining Russia, probably India. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, again, because I'm new to the sport right. and I, I, I'm, I'm the guy who I'm like, what am I doing and where am I yeah. going? You just, <laughs> I just call my coach. I'm like, what do I need to hit and what am I aiming for? Because yeah. I actually have no idea. So, um, I mean, Geordie would be in a much better position to, to hash out all those details. But yeah. it takes a lot of the big competition out, um, which is really unfortunate for their lifters who are clean. Um, and who are doing the right yeah, thing because right. it means it's not one per weight division it's one per country yeah so one girl and you know and then the country will decide which of the weight divisions they're most likely to meddle in that's pretty harsh but i mean fair harsh but fair yeah, but yeah, yeah you need to have tough, tough penalties in in the sport and you know because we have such great regulations here um it's why we don't do so well because yeah. we're all clean yeah. <laughs> you know, so it. it's hard yeah. it's hard when you're just relying on food and yeah. <laughs> and actual like talent and effort <laughs> even like supplements can be dangerous oh. like even the ones that like are sh- sanctioned can you can just get a bad batch and yeah i'm wildly paranoid about yeah, it have and a bad test we i mean as an athlete you always get it preached to you yeah. and so you probably you probably get over paranoid by it and it's 100%. probably the chances are probably you know lottery chances yeah, but you yeah. think like every time you have a scoop oh, you're like, oh yeah. this is it yeah, <laughs> and then they come knocking on the door at 5 a.m and you're like oh god <laughs> i had two scoops of protein this week and it's like, Shit. but i mean that's why you have to just be smart with your nutrition and, and make sure you're getting what you need out of food because you know they can't sanction you for eating a chicken and then mind you i'm i'm, I'm that guy who's like but what about the hormones in the chicken? Yeah, the chicken yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Is has naturopathy come from um, weightlifting, or were you interested in that? You? Nah, I've been. Uh, I want to see that ever since I was a little girl oh, as okay. well. So, um, yeah, I was always interested in in natural health and and just being able to not so much cure things, but just maximize your potential naturally. And right. like, it, it works beautifully with weightlifting because yeah, I'm able to manipulate my diet and, and know that I'm making really good decisions. So I'm taking the guesswork out. Um, but yeah, it's, they're sort of, they're sort of standalone, but together, I, I just like to figure out, yeah, what's the best way you can get the most. And that's, I mean, that comes down to coaching as well. Like I'm, I'm the same when I select my coaches, who's going to get the best out of, out of me and my body. Oh, amateur hour. <laughs> um, so does that make you jaded at all when you go out to eat? No, no. Um, you know, I've gone through, like I said, you know, when I went to nationals last year and I did that big cut, that was probably the most neurotic I'd been. Yep. And I, at that point, yeah, I would not go out or I would, I like, I went to engagement parties and I took my little like glass container cause I didn't want my, you know, BPAs and I'd take my glass container of pre weighed and measured food. Yeah. But these days I'm a hell of a lot more normal, um, because I was miserable at the time. So, you know, and it didn't really help my performance because I was stressing out about food all the yeah. time. So these days I'm, I'm heaps more relaxed. You know, I went out for dinner last night, had a glass of wine, you know, got up this morning, trained. Like as long as, you know, I, I'd still have, I still have some pretty certain rules. I don't breach certain rules. Um, but, you know, that's like I won't go and get completely written off drunk, mm-hmm. um, you know, unless I'm giving myself a week to recover from it. And if I do that, then I still make myself train and then I like reap the 
the payback from it. And I right. hate training because I'm training like crap because yeah. I treated my body like crap. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely a lot more relaxed. And I think again, with, with naturopathy, you, there's a lot of naturopaths who go a little bit overboard with, you know, you can look at absolutely anything and it will cause you cause cancer. If you yeah. find, you know, there's yeah. paper for it for sure. It. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you know, science, science will always find whatever you're looking at for it to say, yeah. you know? So, um, I'm, I take the really, sort of middle ground approach with everything like moderation and um you know the sensible things like the things that make sense to me i will follow and then the things that sort of i'm like hmm really that sounds a little bit out there um i'll research the hell out of it and if it doesn't feel right i won't go with it you know because i think science comes and goes as well especially when it comes to food absolutely yeah 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 it's like one you know, one year they'll say strawberries are a superfood or whatever, and mm-hmm. three years later it'll be like, you eat enough strawberries, you you know, you're gonna go blind. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah. Like, oh, it's crazy. And then so. they'll be good good for you again in another couple of years. Yeah. Do you so? You said you've loosened up a bit with your diet. Do you when you're going into competition, tighten up again and yeah. sort of yeah. Yeah. So I mean, at the moment, I'm still I'm still sort of coming back in from post games, and uh, obviously the car accident didn't help. So I I base it based on how intense my training is so at the moment i'm doing like i said one or one or two sessions every day um and it's not super intense like i'm taking intensity into the session but it's not like i'm you know two weeks out from comp and Mm -hmm. got that whole stress component so when everything else tightens up uh like when the stress component comes in then the nutrition has to be better um, and i like i kind of like that control as well when i get to that edge because then i am not I am knowing that I'm putting in every 1%. Um, and, you know, every one of those 1% matter. And I think that's definitely what got me over the line. But that's not just food. That's, you know, your mindset work and making sure you're, you're doing breath work and just, like, all the other things that can give you a potential edge. Um, that all gets a lot, lot tighter towards the end. Um, so, you know, when I come into sort of nationals will be my next big weightlifting comp. I've got a couple other little comps in on the horizon and a few mm-hmm. other little events, but when's nationals? Ah, uh, September. September. Okay. So I'll probably really start dialing in, um, in uh, start of July and yep. I'll give myself a good three months, you know, in saying that I'm not that far off that now because that's just how I eat. I just eat clean. Yep. Um, and I make sure I get the right things in, but I'll definitely, I've definitely had a few more red wines in these three degree nights yeah. <laughs> than, I, than I need to, but yeah. Um, so at, oh, what, what happened with the car accident? What, how bad was it? Oh, it was, uh, it was crazy. So, uh, I was actually driving between Brisbane to Toowoomba with my folks. We're heading up to a um, family funeral and, um, a truck just didn't see us and it was 10:30 at night. He was in the right lane and he, um, yeah, he didn't see us. He just turned, he put his indicator on and I saw him coming it, like he was in line with me and I yelled at my mum who was driving to, um, that he was coming and she accelerated and he's just hit straight into me sideways, spun us around in front of him into a guardrail, into him, into the guardrail, into Holy a ditch. Shit. The car was squished. Um, we were like 10 meters from a, um, a pole, a big power pole right in the ditch. Um, yeah. And it, that was a nuts experience because we all three of us walked away like fine. I had whiplash. My dad, you know, had messed his knee up a little bit worse than it already was. Um, but we were at 110 Ks and like it was, there was like multiple impacts and we were fine. That's crazy. Yeah. And like the craziest part was we, um, 
uh, my dad was originally driving and I'm not a huge fan of his driving at the best of times. Um, and I just had a really horrible feeling and I uh, caused a giant fight and made him, <laughs> made him swap drivers with mum at the, at the airport cause it was a rental car. Yeah. And I was like, I have the worst feeling about this. Like something is going to go wrong here. Like dad, like, and he was not, uh, he, you know, he took it like I was having a go at him and his driving, which. To be fair, I probably was. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I was like, Dad, I, you know I wouldn't say this unless I really felt it. And so mum and dad swapped. And I truly, truly think that if dad had uh, been driving, he probably would have braked instead of accelerated. Mm. And we would have just gone straight under. Because it was a big, big double cattle truck. Like, yeah. And we were in a tiny little car. So pretty crazy gut yeah. feeling stuff. So Two questions. Are you religious? And do you believe in um, supernatural stuff? Um, I'm not religious in any like organized religion. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up like Catholic, um, but sort of straight away from it. I don't really like the doctrination side of it. Yep. Um, I definitely believe in stuff. I do believe in, I definitely believe in fate and I definitely believe in like purpose. And I definitely think that, you know, in life we, uh, we're here to learn and you will continue to get the same lessons thrown at you over and over and over and over until you actually decide to learn the lesson, mm-hmm. you know, which is why we go into the same relationship for like 15 times <laughs> and why, you know, why you attract the same friends and, you know, from sport and, you know, any situation, I think that it's a, an opportunity to learn. And as yeah, if you, if you go in open to learn that lesson, then you, you move forward to the next lesson and yeah. it's like you, you know, I was actually having a, a laugh with one of my friends. She's, she's an athlete as well. She's a master's CrossFit athlete and she's incredible, really inspirational lady. And she, um, she and I were like talking and she's like, how do we both have just so many things going on in our lives all the time? And I'm talking like, you know, we don't have, we don't have ordinary lives. There's always something huge happening. It's never anything little. It's like massive things. And I just like, I said to her, the big, like the more hurdles you jump, the bigger the hurdles get just to see if you can jump them. Yeah, right. And it's going to keep throwing it at you and you're always going to be able to jump them. You just might get that thing where, you know, when the horses run at the steeples and they like freeze and then they yeah. throw the rider over. It's like yeah. that horse could jump that. It just freaked itself out and stopped and it stopped in its tracks and it lost the opportunity to keep going forward. So yeah. I feel like that's a little bit like life. You just, yeah, you just keep learning and you're never going to get anything that you can't handle. You just might not feel like you can handle it at the time. It's just a matter of knowing that like everything passes and you're going to get through whatever so right yeah yeah i mean if you you know if you got told you didn't have the body for rugby and you said no fuck that i'm gonna keep playing rugby Mm. but you keep the same body and you don't make in rugby you never take up weightlifting you don't go to commonwealth games and there's no talk about tokyo and yeah 100 percent yeah yeah um so at crossfit Mm. what what are you doing your trainer yeah i'm coach there yeah so seeing gains in other people, mm. what, how's that feel versus seeing gains in yourself? Ah, uh, it is so enjoyable. I love, I love coaching. I love like coaching and teaching and, um, uh, look, they're, they're totally different feelings, I think. Um, but yeah, there is an awful lot of pleasure in watching people succeed, especially when people display the things that I really admire. Like if people show the willingness to not only do the work, but do it smart and the people who listen and like they take on board rather than just, you know, being ego centered and like ignoring, you know, as a coach, you know, you can say the same thing to somebody to two different people and they're going to take it differently. One's going to take it on board and like, 
they like I love the people who understand that progress is actually slow. You know, you can make these awesome gains and do things ugly, like I did when I first went through CrossFit. And you can get to these heavy weights, and then you'll just stop, yeah. or your body will stop, or you'll make you stop. Um, but man, I love I love watching the guys succeed. It's just awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Have you got any that are doing? Um, competitions not yet no. so I've been running some barbell classes it. yeah well I've been I've been planting the seeds and again not com- not competition for competition sake like these these guys at the moment probably don't have you know the games in their minds or anything like that but I mean I didn't either when yeah. I first started it's it's fostering the love of the sport and the love of the progress and that's I think that's what's so beautiful about weightlifting um, to other sports that I've done like it is it's a team effort, obviously, because you've got your coaches and like everyone who helps support you. But it's, um, you know, it is very individual, and it's what you put in, you get out. And um, yeah, if you can build that in other people and and, and build that desire to grow, then that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, and when you're when you're doing your recovery, obviously you're very good with your diet. Mm-hmm. Um, what else are you doing? Are you doing hot, cold type of stuff? Are you doing the minus 110 that Jordan loves yeah, so yeah, much? Yeah, I love it, honestly. The, um, <laughs> oh, what else is there? So uh, massage, massage, physio. Yeah. physio so that. the minus 110, I actually have, hadn't been since the games. <laughs> just, you know, I wasn't training that hard and I was just, my schedule was crazy and I kept finding these excuses to not go in. Um, not because like, I love it. It was just a matter of like, I'm not training that hard. I don't really need that recovery right now, yeah. which is such rubbish. And I went in yesterday for my first one in ages and I woke up this morning and I'm just like, it's like I've just eaten like all these magic pills. I trained at 8 a.m., which never happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, I finished coaching two classes, and usually I'd go home and like m- like mope around for an hour before I go back and coach the next morning class. But I was like, you know what? I've got time for squats. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna do some. <laughs> I was just so energetic. So yeah, I did cryo um, before the games. I was doing like three sessions a week minimum, and yeah. then that's in the full body chamber as well as if I had any specific injuries going on, I'd get the local. Um, I usually try to get at least a massage a week, physio a little bit less regularly as needed. Um, so I see James McEwen, Adelaide Advanced Physio there. He's an absolute guru. Um, on top of that, sleep is the main one, uh, really. So at bef- like when the games was coming around, I quit my job in November mm-hmm. um, before trials because I, I was burning out and I needed I had negative $47 in my bank account and... Um, my lifts were going atrociously. I couldn't even lift 100 kilos, which I could do in my sleep most other days. And it was like a month of it. I could not lift this weight. It was just a mental block. And it was freaking me out because I was like four weeks away from trials. Yeah. And like, yeah, I was having such a horrible time. And I was like, I, I remember calling mum from work and I'm like, mum, I'm going to quit my job today. She's like, yeah. I'm like, mum, I've got negative $47 in my bank account. And she's like, yep, yeah, okay, cool. We'll sort it out. We'll figure it out. And I'm like, okay. So I went and and I like explained to my boss and he was lovely about it. And so, um, finished up there and sold a bunch of shit. And the best thing about that was the sleep. So I was able to just turn off all alarms and I just went purely on body clock. So I'd go to bed when I felt tired and Mm -hmm. I would wake up when I woke up and that allowed me to be able to like basically get up, eat, train. And then I'd come back if I needed to sleep again, I'd sleep again. If I needed to go do my other recovery stuff I'd go do that and then I'd repeat and train in the afternoon and go back to sleep whenever I needed to so that was huge for me and um alarms are hard now especially because I'm yeah. starting work at like 5 30. Oh, alarms be- are hard for people to do it all the time so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah oh it's 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 hard coming back to that life but the sleep is huge um 
I do try to, again, it's something that sort of comes and goes in my routine depending on how, how much I'm spending on, on like everything. But um, I try to make sure I like do some sort of breathing exercises. Um, I try to make sure I make, like go for a, a walk with my dog. Like stuff that doesn't really seem like actual recovery, but it is because it's, it's, you know, getting the body moving. It's something that's not to do with being in the gym and lifting things and moving like in those planes. It's just easy movement and yeah. um and stuff that just brings you joy and yeah just trying to trying to enjoy the process rather than force yourself to have to go and do it all the time yeah that's tough especially in a sport um with no funding yeah. so like it's crazy to me that you train with somebody here and then go to the games and you've got somebody else yeah whereas like the boomers just continually go on camps yeah. so you know yeah you'll be in sydney for two weeks you'll be in perth for two weeks you'll be in adelaide for two weeks just training camp training camp training camp yeah and you don't you know they're not paying for their own flights for that yeah or food or yeah, yeah. getting put up or whatever so it's yeah. it's interesting um that i'd say probably that's probably one of the only sports that is like that. I don't know, uh, swimming maybe? No, heaps. Oh, really? Most of the Crom Games sports. Oh, really? Unfortunately. So unless they're in a program that is AIS funded, um, and there are definitely those like cycling, like we've got that in Adelaide. So we've got the velodrome and basically all the cyclists are on program here. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool when, when all those guys did so well over there. But no, there's heaps of sports that are unfunded. And Oh, no, I mean, yeah, I, I was saying oh, the opposite. I was saying, I was saying that... Um, like I was saying, basketball must be one of the only sports that Sorry, is, yeah. is funded. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. Um, you know, there, I mean, there are others, obviously, like the rugby scene, they all, like the the national level yeah. there, they all get paid. Surely swimming is. They would have We're to We're so be. good yeah, at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, again, it would be certain people and you'd have to be in certain, like, positions. Oh, it's right. one of those things and in sport, I mean... It's like when you're. It's like life, I guess. You know, when yeah. you're, when you're successful, you get all these opportunities to become more successful. Yeah. It's like the poor guys trying to claw up from the bottom of the yeah. hole who who slug it out and hopefully get to the top of the hole. Yeah. Um, it's like the rich people always get, get shit rid- for free. Yeah, always, <laughs> always, and that's you know there we were talking about that at the games actually, and you know at the end of the day, I'm was, I'm sort of one of those people. I'm like, yeah, but if if you want these things, just win. Like. Yeah. Don't yeah. bitch about it. Just go do something about it. Go prove that you deserve to get the same as, you know, and, and prove that our sport is more entertaining. Build the profile of the sport and get people engaged with it. So there's no point just sitting in your own gym training on your own. Like a lot of us train at home, you know, with our own equipment because it's just the way it is. Yeah. You know, it, it is just the way it is, unfortunately. But, you know, the only way to change that is to get get more attention to the sport and unfortunately weightlifting took a huge dive after from what i hear again i'm only new i didn't even know about the sport until you know a year or two ago Mm. through crossfit and that shows what the sport is in australia that i was unaware that it it was even a thing so um yeah i don't know it's it is hard it is so hard being unfunded (laughs) but yeah 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 um okay before you go Mm. i've got a new segment it's a game okay. and it's called it's called sourced unsourced it's just true or false okay sourced is true okay. unsourced is false okay they fucking louse louse in the south they fucking louse louse in the south they fucking louse five facts here uh-huh. that are either sourced or unsourced uh-huh. if you get three out of five right yeah do you have a charity that you are into or 
well, at the moment, um, Jordan Biggie is about to pull a plane on uh, next oh, Friday. Yes. So, yeah, let's go for Craniofacial Australia. Okay, so uh, welcome to the potty. We'll donate 50 bucks to that. Awesome. Not a lot, but it's more than nothing. Everything helps. <laughs> it's on the way to his 50 grand. Um, yeah, so if you get three out of five right, 50 bucks to Craniofacial from Welcome to the Potty. Awesome. Um, all right, so... The 75 kilogram female weightlifting gold went to Canada at the 2018 <laughs> Commonwealth Games. I'm going to say sourced. Unsourced. <laughs> See, this is the thing. I don't even know who won my own division. <laughs> no, she was English, wasn't she? England, yeah, yeah, yeah. She hit a 126 clean because I know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought you might know that, so that's why I actually didn't that's... do the weight. <laughs> I don't watch anybody. I literally, I'm only there to do what I do. I have no idea where anyone else is. <laughs> Men's heavyweight powerlifting gold. Oh, God. Went to Nigeria. I'm going to say sourced. Sourced, yes. There were some big dudes. Yeah. They had some big dudes. There was one... There was one Nigerian throwing the shot put that I wouldn't be surprised if he was actually in the powerlifting. I didn't check that, but... Yeah. I might, because that was... He was massive. I'll tell you what, they went for the muesli bars in the in the cafeteria. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, like, shoving them in their pockets, just full, <laughs> like, getting the boxes out from under the cupboards. <laughs> it was great. So is there a village there, like, at the Olympics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They built a whole purpose-built village for us. It was awesome. Yeah. So, so cool. Yeah. So you're hanging out and stuff in between. Yeah, and... like, we had, like, three pools, and they have a big, like, media room with all the games and wow. hairdressers and heaps of... Just heaps of cool stuff to just. What's it out. used for now? Uh, they're selling it for student accommodation because uh, it's right next to the uni. So, okay. Yeah. Women's ten meter platform diving gold mm-hmm. went to Australia. A uh, sourced. Sourced, yes. Madeline, is it Madeline Wu? Yes. Yeah. Correct. Two uh, one. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Twenty eighteen was Australia's twenty fifth Commonwealth Games. 25 by 4 is 100. Takes it back to 1908. No, 1918. God, maths. Um, <laughs> I wasn't about to correct you. I'm no um, better. Let's say unsourced. Yes, correct. Yeah. We don't need to go for the last question. You already win, but we will anyway. Hit me. The youngest athlete at the 2018 Commonwealth Games was just 11 years old. That's sourced. Sourced, yeah. yes. Yeah. 50 bucks to craniofacial. Um, we'll write that down so I've got a sourced um, <laughs> actual plate. Craniofacial. I actually saw Biggie um, post a fig picture of the doctor the other day. So. Yeah, oh, legend. He's an absolute champion. And do you have do you have any plugs? That um yeah that you want to plug any social media sure so mine uh so my social media is uh, steph.davies.athlete.coach it's a nice long one uh that's both face uh, facey and insta um but just because of the timing that we're doing this with Biggie and what he's doing get on board and check out Jordan Biggie Stephens Strongman um because he is pulling a plane a Boeing seven three seven next week for um for craniofacial oh, Australia. Oh, that's next week, is it? So he's trying to raise uh fifty grand uh 
which is for yeah ridiculous awesome charities. So I'll give him a plug just because because okay because he's my man, he's my bro. All right. <laughs> um, I didn't realize that was next week, so I'll I wasn't intending to put this episode up so soon, but I will. Oh, that's okay. Um, no, I will. I will because I didn't I didn't realize, but I was actually I wanted to get over there for that, but I won't be able to. No, it's here now. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, I thought it was gonna be in Melbourne. No, no, they were looking at Melbourne, but they've managed to clear the Adelaide runway for however long it's gonna take. Wow. Yeah. I might be able to get there. It's going to be epic. Yeah. That's awesome. You don't see a guy pull a plane every day. No. <laughs> no. It's 20 years since someone's done it in, I think, I don't know if that's in the world. I think that is in the world. I think it's been 20 years since someone's done it solo. So. Yeah. And that was the other Australian, right? Um, I think, yeah. I, think I forgot his name. So Biggie mentioned him on the, yeah. on the last episode. Yeah. Epic. So. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. No worries. <laughs> Look, I just flipped the switch. Flip, flip. I don't know nobody else that's doing this. Body start to drop, ayy. Hit the floor. Now they wanna know me since I hit the top, ayy. This a rolling, not a stop. Watch shit, don't ever stop. Okay, now, congratulations, Stephanie, first of all, for uh, your success in uh, weightlifting. But more importantly, some would say, your success. In Sourced Unsourced, the new segment on the uh, Welcome to the Potty podcast. So, uh, $50 going to craniofacial from Welcome to the Potty. Um, may not sound like much, but it's something. Um, and, you know, we don't have any sponsors here yet. Yet. So, uh, we can't just be throwing cash around. But, um, yeah, man. So, uh, great win. Great win for the first. The inaugural... Uh, um, sourced unsourced, uh, game. It's like a game show. Um, yeah, man, but best of luck to, to Stephanie leading into the 2020 Tokyo games. I hope to see her on there and I'll be, I'll definitely be tuning in to the weightlifting because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we got a lot of contacts with the, with the Olympic athletes. So, Hey, we've got, we've got a Commonwealth games out athlete here on welcome to the party and you know you know how we do and let's um let's talk a little bit of uh harvey weinstein you know the hot topic me too hashtag me too harvey weinstein um you know movie mogul movie producer um is like now an accused sexual predator and there's there's a story going around now that Ron Perlman, he is like the lead actor in Hellboy. I believe he may have been in Sin City, A Dame to Kill For. Um, I think he is the star role on, forgive me if I'm wrong, the TV series uh, Sons of Anarchy. I've never watched it, so I'm not sure. But you, you know him. He's a very unique looking guy, very tough looking. Uh, he's got a very deep, tough, rugged voice. Uh, no Bruno to all of this. And yeah, so he's, I think he tweeted this week saying um, that Harvey Weinstein uh, told Ron Perlman to make sure that he shook Harvey Weinstein's hand at a charity event. Uh, so, so Ron Perlman stopped in the men's room and pissed all over his own hand and went straight up. Uh, straight up to um, Harvey Weinstein and shook his hand. Um, he didn't say what year this was in or whatever. 
And it just started like a, it started a little beef between Donald Trump Jr. I'm trying to read at the same time. I'll be honest with you. I'm trying to read this shit. Money Maker Mitch got it in front of me. I'm trying to read it at the same time. Donald Trump Jr. responded to the tweet saying, so you know, he, you knew he was a rapist and rather than actually do something or say anything, you pissed all over your hand. Imagine how many assaults on innocent women you could have prevented if you weren't a coward. What a fuck boy. But anyway, Ron Perlman responded, Hey, young Don, nice to meet you and thanks for the follow. Uh, and then he said, so I never said I knew Harvey was a rapist. I never spoke. I never worked for Harvey. I wasn't home his type. I don't know what that means. Um, I did know he was a prick though, a prick and a bully. And I got to think about that. And I think, uh, Ron Perlman also actually said, man, if I had an Oscar for every time I almost hit Harvey Weinstein, uh, and James Cameron, James Cameron has always, has also said that he, he wanted to hit Harvey Weinstein, uh, Weinstein, Harvey fucking Weinstein with his Titanic Oscar. Yeah. But, uh, Ron Perlman. What a hero. Um, and I'm not actually, I'm not actually uh, being sarcastic because I fuck, I fuck with Ron Perlman heavy. So um, sometimes, sometimes you got piss on your hand, bro. You know, sometimes you got to do wild shit. There's some more, there's some more news. Uh, speaking of sexual assault, Ron Jeremy, the ex-porn star, hopefully ex-porn star, um, I wouldn't want to see this ugly mug, um, anytime soon in a, uh, erotic video. Um, you guys will see the picture on, uh, the welcome to the party Twitter. No. Yeah. Well, Twitter and Instagram, but, um, he's going to civil court. Uh, allegedly, allegedly he committed sexual assault on a woman in Washington state. In twenty in September of last year, twenty seventeen, he's looking. He looks. He looks like a number six for real, though. He looks like a number six. You should see this dude. You'll see him on the Instagram. But hey, fellas, keep your hands to yourselves. Uh, keep your eyes on the prize and your mind on the money. You understand? It's hey, look but don't touch. You know. And I don't mean like look as in be like peeping Tom, like drilling holes in bedroom walls and shit. You know, someone walks by, you have a, have a little squiz. Oh shit. Good looking, uh, good looking lady. And keep it moving. Don't fucking say nothing. Don't fucking touch nothing. All right. Just fucking keep it moving. Mind your business, bro. God damn it. Cats are out here wilding. Like. I think money just makes cats think they can do whatever they want. Cause I'm sure, I'm sure, um, what's his name? Like obviously Harvey Weinstein's wit, rich, rich as fuck, but, um, uh, Ron Jeremy's got to like, he's got to have like pretty legit money. He's like the, he's like the most famous male porn star, man. Everybody knows his name. Oh, he looks crazy. Money making Mitch, get that picture down. Um, yeah, so there's cats are moving crazy out here. Cats are moving crazy, man. We need we need to adjust our movements. And when I say we, I don't mean me. I'm in here I'm in here keeping my hands to myself. Eyes on the prize, mind on the money. Alright? Hands to yourself. 
Eyes on the prize, mind on the money. Alright? Shit. Um, yeah. So... Man, this gym shit's killing me. Two weeks, I'm two weeks in. I've lost no weight, but I'm just sore all the time. But I'm sleeping. Well, no, I'm actually not sleeping better. I was about to lie to you guys. I was about to lie to you guys on that. Um, yeah, but I'm sore all the time. I tried to up my cardio. But I always think that running's the best for cardio and I'm, you know, I'm not supposed to run cause of my knees. So I've been on like the ergo, the elliptical and the bike. And like, you gotta be in there for like some time to get some calories, you know? And you don't really know, like the machine tells you calories, but you don't really know if, um, if that's how many calories you're burning. Cause I'm guessing it like just depends on the person as well, right? I gotta probably eat better. I had some apple pie and ice cream last night, so. There you go. Um, I think I actually said on the podcast already, but in case you weren't paying attention, you need to have apple pie and strawberry ice cream. Um, that, that shit, that shit is delicious. I don't remember who it was who put me on to that. I think it might've been Frankie Dobbs, my ex teammate. Um, and also ex-assistant coach, um, Frankie Dobbs, man. I think it might've been him, but I'm not sure. But shout out to Frank. He's getting married in like a month, month and a bit. Um, I couldn't make it. That's that's a big flight for the old boy. So best wishes from, from this side. But I will, I will um, have to give another shout out when they actually do get married. But Apple pie and strawberry ice cream i'm i'm telling you everybody looks at you crazy when you say it but um don't judge a book by its cover isn't that what they say no um new music new music i don't think there's any new music at the moment other than drake um but Tell a friend to tell a friend about Welcome to the Party. Continue to write in. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm sorry that this was a bit like sporadic. I was I was not prepared for this to be a guest episode. I thought this was going to be a, uh, a different um, episode. I thought it was going to be me and Dante. But you'll get that next week. Mm. Yo, Adelaide's coffee game is is so good. Uh, I'm not going to shout. I don't want to shout, do free shout outs, but you can get a good coffee almost everywhere you go in Adelaide, like any cafe. Shit. Good coffees around here. Um, and the food game, the food game's also lit in Adelaide. Cats don't sleep on Adelaide, but also if you're going to talk about shit about Adelaide, get the fuck out of here or don't come here. Like that's, that's pretty much it. That's all I got to say. Um, and the ones, the ones that talk shit, uh, I, I can see you. I see you from afar, and you're not, you're not doing great, B. Your posture's terrible. You look like a walking stick. Uh, you, you, you look like you got scoliosis, dude. 
Don't talk shit about my city. There's good shit out here. I, I returned for a reason, you know? I wanted to be here. I could have stayed. I could have stayed somewhere else. This was a choice, son. Um, that's it. That's it for me. Everybody, have a great Sunday. Um, eat good. Sleep good. Recharge. Start a new financial year tomorrow. And, um, man... Tell your, fam tell your families you love them. Alright? There's been a lot of triple X tentacion talk. Um, and uh, he didn't know that shit was coming. You know, he talked about his death a little bit in, in songs and shit. And he didn't know that shit was coming anyway. Like, even, you know, Tupac didn't know it was coming. He talked about it a lot, but he didn't... He, you know, they're not fucking psychics. They just was talking about it. So... You never know. You never know when it's coming. So tell your family you love them. Tell everybody that means something to you. Let that shit. Let that shit be known, man. It's that that shit. That shit is important. Um. What? What? This is like a. Uh, what is this? Like a fucking motivational talk? I didn't mean to do that to you guys. Cause I'm not really into. I'm not really into motivational speakers. Like, uh, unless, unless they're actually, you know, a successful business person with longevity, you can't be successful for six months and decide to be a motivational speaker. I need some longevity behind it. Or you've been through some shit. Like if you've been to war, you've been like attacked, you've been, um, you know, you survived some shit. I think then you can, but I've met a couple people in the last 12 months that's motivational speakers. I'm like, oh, what happened? Nothing. I just like to motivate people. What? So you've just got it all figured out, huh? And you have the audacity to tell everybody else, nah, I don't know. I don't know about all that. You're just all enlightened? Nah, I don't like it. I don't like it. Be successful or be a survivor, basically. That's uh, that's what I say. Uh, uh, Clay, well, what gives you the right to have a podcast? I'm not telling cats how to live their lives. I'm telling cats how not to with poor posture of the week. But unless I give you poor posture of the week personally, um, shut fucking up. Alright? Um, yeah, man. Have a great week, and we're going to talk to you on Wednesday. Bang, bang!